Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. So like many of you, I have trouble sleeping. I have insomnia. No matter what I tried, it wouldn't work until I met Mike Lindell and I got my very own MyPillow. It has changed my life. What makes MyPillow so different is MyPillow's patented adjustable fill. In other words, you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs so you get the support you need and want to help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-919-6090. Remember, use the promo code Hannity. When you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever. Buy one pillow and get another one absolutely free. MyPillow, made in the USA, 10-year unconditional warranty, and it has a 60-day, no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So it's time for you to start getting the quality of sleep that you've been wanting and we need. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity. Take advantage of Mike's special two-for-one offer. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. Glad you're with us. Welcome to Sin City. Welcome to the swamp. Welcome to the sewer. That is known as your nation's capital. And, of course, Washington, D.C., there is more news breaking, popping by the second each and every day. And we will get to all of it. Uh, News number one is Al Franken is cooked. He's done. Another woman, another allegation. We got two dozen senators saying, got to go. He's done. He's finished. Um, I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on it because we've got so much other news that we've got to get to today. Um, We now have... More people that are aligned with and supportive of Hillary Clinton that were appointed and picked by Robert Mueller. It is perhaps now evolving into the single greatest misuse of the Justice Department, our legal system, that perhaps we have seen in our lifetime. And I'll get all the details to you. It is, on the one hand, it's very detailed. It's complicated. But it is a travesty 
and it's the U.S. Constitution that is in jeopardy here. You know, this all started with surveillance, unmasking. Why would Samantha Power be, you know, a U.N. ambassador be unmasking? Oh, let's see, about a person a day. And Susan Rice, it also goes deep into the heart of the Obama administration. And the fact, the dossier, was the dossier used to get the FISA warrant? Was there illegal surveillance against a presidential candidate, an opposition candidate, and a president-elect? And nobody ever talks about poor Michael Flynn illegally surveilled. There was no minimization. He was unmasked. And as a result of that raw intelligence, I would argue that they knew everything he had said, but it was obtained illegally. And we'll get to all of this today. Now, we have another woman on top of, let's see, Peter Strzok, his girlfriend, Lisa Page, uh, on top of Andrew Weissman, who's uh, why this man with his background, ethics and track record was ever appointed by Mueller is beyond the pale. I want you to hear the name that we're going to get into in some detail today. Jeannie Ray, who, by the way, was apparently the attorney for Obama's deputy national security advisor, Ben Rhodes. This this is, you've got to understand something here. The rule of law in America, its foundation is our Constitution. So if you have illegal search and seizure and you have the weaponization of the extraordinarily powerful tools of intelligence... And then, of course, then you got the criminalization of political differences. And this is all happening before our eyes and is so blatant as Robert Mueller appoints a team of Trump-hating, Hillary Clinton-loving individuals. It was a witch hunt from day one. And now how do we untangle this whole mess that they have created? I got, I'm gonna, I'm going to lay it out. It takes time. We'll also get reaction from Tom Fitton. He was the guy that discovered Andrew Weissman. He also, you know, the tarmac meeting, there's like 29 pages of information, most of it blank pages that he got through the Freedom of Information Act. We'll get reaction from Congressman Biggs of Arizona, Congressman Gates of Florida, Congressman Gohmert. We also have Greg Jarrett, Sidney Powell, Sidney Powell, former uh, appellate attorney, former federal prosecutor, author of this incredible book, License to Kill. I just got my copy, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. The whole book is basically a a biography on how corrupt Andrew Weissman is. You know, it's amazing. I have people writing, how sick is this? Hannity, you're going so hard after Mueller and Weissman and, and, and the special counsel and this team. I know you're doing a good job. You're exposing them all. And you're going so hard against James Comey because he, along with Peter Strzok, exonerating Hillary Clinton before they do an investigation. How do you write an exoneration before you do the investigation? That means the fix is in. You know, Hannity, I hope you got good lawyers. Do you have security? This is what people are telling me every day. I'm like, really? Is that now what I have to worry about because I'm telling the truth? And then you got on top of all of this, a corrupt news media in the United States of America that is too fat, lazy and ideological to do their jobs in all of this. This is perhaps the single biggest case of prosecutorial abuse and abuse of the criminal justice system that we might ever see in our lifetime. And don't let anybody kid you. It has been and continues to be about 
about removing a duly elected president of the United States of America. It began before the election, and it's continued on for a year. And if I hear one more person on television talk, well, maybe we just need to appoint a new special counsel and start all over, all over. If you have the biggest Trump haters and Hillary lovers that have been digging and digging and digging, and this has gone on since last year, but since the special counsel was formed, and they can't find Trump-Russia collusion, how about if we're going to have a special counsel, maybe we should have one on Hillary Clinton as it relates to the email server scandal because we now know the fix was in and a real investigation never took place. We know she mishandled classified information. We know she destroyed classified information. We know she used acid wash bleach bit to get rid of the evidence and deleted the evidence and smashed these these blackberries and phones with hammers so that nobody could ever get any. And the one phone she does turn over to the FBI is rendered useless because the information on the phone is gone because the SIM card is removed. I mean, how stupid do these people think that we are? And I'm not even touching Uranium One. I'm not even touching that the same people keep showing up time and time and time and time again. And you got this cabal of Mueller and Comey and Rosenstein and and the rest of them. They all know each other, knew each other, and work with each other now for decades. I assume drink and hang out and go to dinner with each other every day. It is, this is not a banana republic. We are a constitutional republic. And if you, you know, if you're going to, for example... If we're going to have a country that is involved in weaponizing intelligence gathering, do you, look, they can spy on anybody now, and it's happening. And if they're going to use those powerful tools and they're going to go after political candidates and opposition parties and president-elects and their teams, we don't have a country or a constitution. It's that bad. I'll get back to all of this in a minute. I got to say, you know, putting the Franken news, he's always been a creep and a psycho to me. I've known him for way too long, and I've told the story on the air before many times. I mean, I go down one day, and this was in the Hannity and Combs days, and what you have is guests to your programs. They, They sit in various green rooms. Anyway, I hear that my good friend Barry Farber is sitting in one of those green rooms, so I I wanted to go down and and say hello. I admired him so much growing up, and he's one of the most gifted and talented pioneers of talk radio, and he's down there. Guy speaks 35 languages, and I just wanted to say hello because he's been a good friend of mine for a long time, and and I go in and I say hello, and there's Al Franken. And Al Franken, you know, I'm not talking to him, just gets in my face and just starts losing it to the point I can't even talk to my friend. And wanting to argue with me about, you know, my positions and Rush's positions and this position. I'm like, ask Rush. Ask, leave me alone. I'm here to see my friend. Anyway, finally, I just get sick of it. I say, Barry, nice to see you. Hopefully we can catch up again soon. And I start walking out the door, door and this lunatic is following me. I'm, I'm seriously stalking and he's getting louder and screaming to the point I walk out in the hall. Security sees this guy stalking me. And they had to surround him and call a code. And they throw him out of the building. And that's how nuts he is. And we saw the Leanne Tweeden picture. There was no ambiguity when that picture came out. Here's the only thing I'm going to say about this is this. Everybody saw the evidence. Now, I'm the one that said, in the case of John Conyers is now out. I said, he's denied it. And I said, I am consistent. I'm consistent 
that, okay, if somebody makes an allegation, you got to take it seriously. I am consistent is you got to get the evidence and the proof, and then people make determinations with evidence. And in the case of Conyers, he, he denied having done these things. And it just began to snowball to the point where it became obvious that he probably did it and was pressured to, you know, to leave. We we never had any ambiguity in the Franken case. We saw the Leanne Tweeden picture, you know, the creepy picture. Then we saw the Arianna Huffington picture. And then we saw there was one other woman that he, he had a picture of uh, Joy Behar. And he, I don't know what it is. He's like grabbing everybody, you know, and he thinks this is funny. And then the other allegations came out. Nobody cared about the pictures or the evidence in that particular. Oh, and then the creepy rape joke about Leslie Stahl. I, I mean, a drugging and raping Leslie Stahl of 60 minutes. Disgusting. And so that was all out there. Now, I'm telling you right now what this is about. This is now they're going to say, well, Franken's gone. Conyers is gone. But they didn't really call for it when it mattered. It, and they're well, now they're going to reopen everything allegations against Donald Trump is my guess. So there's a political madness to this. I'm I'm rarely wrong. Watch and see. But the biggest news I see today that most of the world won't pay a lot of attention to with all these other issues going on is that Donald Trump has done what four presidents, recent presidents have said they will do and never do. And that is the president announcing that the U.S. now recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And, you know, apparently there's a little bit of a waiver, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what is the reaction in the world? Now, it is their capital. Historically, it is Israel's land. And, you know, if you go to the old city, and I've been to Israel a couple of times, you got varying sectors. you got the convergence of the world's religions there, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. And then, of course, you have the Armenian sector. It's all right there. Last time I was there, I was at the... I was at the the wall and I was, you know, I, I actually walked through what is believed to be the stations of the cross where where Jesus Christ had apparently died. And, you know, it, it's it's a pretty incredible place. It's history all over that place. And it's inspiring to, you know, I'm, I, I took the time. I remember it took off a night of TV to do it. And um, it was really worth my while. If you ever get a chance to do it. So he does this. And he made good on a campaign promise that all these other people didn't have the courage to follow through on. And, you know, then you've got all these people like Diane Feinstein. Oh, don't move the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. Well, what is the reaction? Well, Hamas, whose charter calls for the destruction of Israel, well, they're now planning a day of rage over the decision. Then all these Democrats like Diane Feinstein and Barack Obama and uh and Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Diane Feinstein and Sherrod Brown and Joe Manchin and, and Kirsten Gillibrand and, and Chris Murphy. All of these people, Democrats, once supported Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I don't know about that. They're such phony hypocrites. I can't stand it. All right, I'm going to walk you through the danger that this country is now in as it relates to equal justice under the law being a constitutional republic where laws are applied equally uh, and how corrupt this Mueller investigation, how disgustingly corrupt it's become and his his merry band of of Trump haters and Hillary lovers. But I want to first remind you, hey, it's look, two weeks to go to Christmas week. I I don't even know how I'm going to wind down for Christmas. I'm going to find a way. 
All right, only two words you need to remember while making your list and checking it twice this holiday season. Tommy John, they are the revolutionary men's underwear, T-shirt, sock brand, and they have redefined comfort for men everywhere, including and especially me. All Tommy John underwear is crafted from the most comfortable fabric you'll ever use. It's impossible to be uncomfortable in Tommy John. Plus, their innovation never takes a day off at Tommy John, even during the holidays. They're constantly thinking of new ways to give you the best product you've ever tried. Like their patented undershirts I wear every day? Well, they stay tucked in and literally pull perspiration right off your body. And also, Tommy John, their underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, guarantee, or it's free from TommyJohn.com. So give the gift of life-changing comfort for the holidays, TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. Plus, you get extra savings with exclusive holiday daily deals only at TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, we're in Washington, D.C. It is phenomenal, and this I would say and call and describe as the Trump difference. I, I talk about... You know, when the president makes promises and we've gone through with the ding, 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 all the promises he kept that he made on the campaign trail. I think one of the things that's most interesting that nobody will ever talk about in the, in the corrupt, destroy Trump media is that this guy is actually saying the exact same things he said when he ran. It wasn't I'm running on this, but I really mean this. And the consistency stands out, especially with weak Republicans and and destroy t- Trump Democrats, et cetera. But what's even more fascinating is you've had four past presidents saying that they want Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel. Barack Obama said it. No, it Jerusalem will remain the capital of Israel and it must remain undivided. Really? Uh, excuse me. What happened? What, what happened in the eight ensuing years afterwards? And and he said it in 2012 when he was running again. And then President Clinton had said an undivided Jerusalem, you know, was Israel's eternal capital. And Senator Clinton said it as well. And Representative Nancy Pelosi was an original co-sponsor of a bill that would affirm publicly as a matter of U.S. policy that Jerusalem must remain the undivided capital of Israel. Chuck Schumer, same thing. Someone who strongly believes that Jerusalem is the undivided capital of Israel. I'm calling for the U.S. Embassy in Israel to be relocated to Jerusalem. Where's everyone praising President Trump today? How is it that all these other people say it, they promise it, and they do nothing? And then President Trump actually does it, and then everybody gets nervous because he actually meant what he said and and did what he said he was going to do. Diane Feinstein, same thing. You go, all of this, Sherrod Brown, same thing. Joe Manchin, same thing. You look at Kirsten Gillibrand, New York, same thing. Chris Murphy, Connecticut, same thing. Andrew Cuomo, same thing. You know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Cory Booker, Joe Biden. I mean, this hypocrisy reeks. When we come back, I am going to lay out just the dangers that exist within our justice system because of Robert Mueller and company. We will move the American embassy to the eternal capital of the Jewish people, Jerusalem. 
And we will send a clear signal that there is no daylight between America and our most reliable ally, the state of Israel. It is time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. While previous presidents have made this a major campaign promise, they failed to deliver. Today, I am delivering. I've judged this course of action to be in the best interests of the United States of America and the pursuit of peace between Israel and the Palestinians. This is a long overdue step to advance the peace process and to work towards a lasting agreement. Israel is a sovereign nation with the right, like every other sovereign nation, to determine its own capital. Acknowledging this is a fact is a necessary condition for achieving peace. It was 70 years ago that the United States under President Truman recognized the state of Israel. Ever since then, Israel has made its capital in the city of Jerusalem, the capital the Jewish people established in ancient times. Today, Jerusalem is the seat of the modern Israeli government. It is the home of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, as well as the Israeli Supreme Court. It is the location of the official residence of the prime minister and the president. It is the headquarters of many government ministries. For decades, visiting American presidents, secretaries of state, and military leaders have met their Israeli counterparts in Jerusalem, as I did on my trip to Israel earlier this year. Jerusalem is not just the heart of three great religions, but it is now also the heart of one of the most successful democracies in the world. Over the past seven decades, the Israeli people have built a country where Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and people of all faiths are free to live and worship according to their conscience and according to their beliefs. Jerusalem is today and must remain a place where Jews pray at the Western Wall, where Christians walk the stations of the cross, and where Muslims worship at Al-Aqsa Mosque. However, through all of these years, presidents representing the United States have declined to officially recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital. In fact, we have declined to acknowledge any Israeli capital at all. But today, we finally acknowledge the obvious, that Jerusalem is Israel's capital. Wow. You know what the most important aspect of this is? I think this thing is on because I hear ambient noise. But anyway, you know what the most important thing of what the president said there is very, very clear. And that is all these other people have said we ought to do this. It's like what he says, all talk, no action. Politicians, no talk, all talk, no action, all talk, no action. I'm sick of it. It's like I said today I was in Washington. Perfect. I was in Washington uh, where I am today, I was earlier today, and I was at an event, and, and so many wonderful people were in the room there. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not a Republican for this reason. It's that they're all talk and no action. And, and I know that the, the House passed 300 bills. I know they passed sanctuary cities. I know they did Kate's Law. I know that they at least got the, the repeal and replace bill through. But it's still disappointing that 100 of them had no intention the 65 times they voted 
you know, the show votes during the Obama years or the 2015 Senate vote. They couldn't get it done in the Senate. They still haven't even voted on half of the president's appointments in the U.S. Senate. And it's like pulling teeth. The same guys say, well, we'll repeal Obamacare. Then set, when it really matters, they just go back against their word. It is, it, what, it is what defines this president as being different from all these other politicians because he's not one. And coming from a business background, it's like, okay, get it done. Okay, get it done. Yes, move. Yes, agree. All right, let's move on. Let's do this. That, that should be how government works. For Reagan years, they, they put together the best, brightest, smartest minds in, in corporate America and in industry called the Grace Commission. Their task is to, to come up with ways to run government more effectively, more like a business. They come up with recommendations. How many does Washington adopt? None. You know, there is a sewer here. There is a swamp. Can't wait to get out of here, to be perfectly frank with you. Um, anyway, so historic day. Al Franken is cooked also. Um, and that's other big news today. I've got to start with, and I know this is complicated, and I apologize it's complicated, but it really isn't. There's just so much information that I've got to bring to you that it sounds complicated And when you look at all the varying scandals, it's all now beginning to collapse. Robert Mueller is now literally in charge of one of the most corrupt examples of the misuse of the justice system we have seen in our life. The news media is also corrupt. And the news media, you know, today they they don't have any desire to find truth. They just wake up. How can I hate Donald Trump today? Now, we went through in, in great detail with Robert Mueller. His, I would argue his credibility is in the gutter, just absolutely trashed uh, because of the partisan politics and the nature of the people that he put in the position to look into this Trump-Russia collusion thing, which, again, it's a year and there's no evidence. It's unbelievable. But he p- appoints people that have clear conflicts of interest, bias, And you've got corruption at a level that perhaps we have not seen in our lifetimes and may never see again. I mean, it is literally a disgrace and a danger to equal justice under the law as we know it. I mean, this is the former FBI director of Bush and Obama. You know, he was appointed special counsel the day after he was told by Trump he's not getting the FBI job again that he had applied for. You got Rod Rosenstein you know, was only able to appoint this. I don't know why Jeff Sessions ever recused himself. But this, unfortunately, it has led to this entire mess. And how he is now going to take back control of this, I don't know. He can unrecuse himself, as Greg Jarrett told us, and he'll join us later along with Sidney Powell, along with Congressman Biggs and Gates and, and Gomert. They're all checking in today. But anyway, you know, Comey's good friends with Mueller, and they've all worked in similar roles. They've all known each other all these all these years. Comey, by the way, was busy tweeting out about his book the other day, yesterday. And, you know, I've, I have no doubt he'll probably be an MSNBC conspiracy theory commentator before long or a fake news CNN commentator before long. And anyway, he's serving as the FBI director in the Obama administration. And, and Mueller stood by and did absolutely nothing. You know, they all knew about the bribery, the extortion, the kickbacks, the money laundering, and the lead-up for a year and a half before the Uranium One deal was done. 
Nobody ever seems to want to bring that up besides people like me, Sarah Carter, John Solomon, and just a couple of other people. And, you know, now we've got one of the the biggest examples of Mueller's corruption, his bias, his clouded judgment, especially when it comes to what he was originally tasked with looking into Trump-Russia collusion in the 2016 election, of which there is still no evidence and not a single Mueller attorney ever donated to any Republican. But we have eight of the 16 lawyers that he appointed have donated to people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and the DNC. And that's why, you know, we have this week. What did we discover? You know, we discovered that on top of of this guy, Peter Strzok and Peter Strzok's girlfriend that were involved. Peter Strzok was involved in everything, including he interviewed Hillary, didn't put her under oath. He interviewed General Flynn. I guess he did put him under oath. And, you know, the fact that that double standard exists when we know we have evidence of direct lies that Hillary Clinton, I never sent or received classified information, lie. And it was all said to the FBI and they're not holding her accountable, but they hold General Flynn accountable. That's not equal justice under the law. That's a banana republic. Now, you know, one of the things you've got to look at here is you've got a guy in the case of Andrew Weissman on top of of Peter Strzok on top of Peter Strzok's girlfriend. Okay, what do we know about, you know, what do we know about him? Well, his track record is beyond atrocious, just like Peter Strzok. His track record is atrocious. We now know he's a Clinton lover and a Trump hater. Well, why was he involved in both investigations? You know, according to a report, Strzok is, you know, he's a member that was a member of the team and he they found these text messages with him and his girlfriend that he's pro-Clinton, anti-Trump. And anyway, he was he was the guy, the FBI interviews. He's the one that did General Flynn. And of course, you know, Sarah Carter's reporting that struck personally interrogated. uh, Let's see. Cheryl Mills, Uma Abedin, Hillary Clinton, Michael Flynn. He's involved in the dossier. He's involved in the emails. He's involved in the Trump investigation. There's nothing he's not involved in. He's a central figure that was biased on multiple levels in this whole thing. And it gets even worse from there. Catherine Herridge pointing out, as it relates to all of this, that, you know, this politicized FBI official even participated in the July 2nd interview of, of Hillary Clinton. Why wasn't she put under oath? And, you know, we know that he had to be fired, but there's still a whole bunch of other donors to Obama and Clinton and the DNC that are still part of this Mueller team of this band of Hillary loving Trump hating people, you know. It turns out that emails from 2010 and 2011, we know that Aberdeen and Mills, you know, did in fact know about the server when in fact they claimed that they only knew about the server after the Clinton uh, after Clinton left the State Department and became public. We have evidence that they lied. Why aren't they being charged with lying to the FBI? And it gets worse from there. You know, he's the guy that changed the terminology from gross negligence to extremely careless Well, the legal standard there means an awful lot because that would have meant that Clinton broke the law and they're admitting she broke the law. So all that's shocking and then struck, you know, his involvement extends into, let's see, the Russian probe, the fake dossier, the Russian propaganda that apparently was used as the foundation for the FISA warrants against an opposition candidate during an election year and a president-elect after the fact. I mean, based on lies that Hillary bought and paid for, it's beyond outrageous. Then we got the deputy director of the FBI, McCabe. He's a key witness. Of course, 
you know, the Clinton's best friends, Terry McAuliffe, raising her $700,000 for a race in a state Senate in Virginia. That's obscene amounts of money. Well, that sounds like quid pro quo, buying influence, which is what the Clintons seemingly always do. And then House investigators, they realized Strzok, a key figure in the FISA warrant case, was the FISA warrant obtained because of the Clinton bought and paid for phony lying Russian dossier? And then we've got new questions tonight of this guy, Andrew Weissman. You know, look at Andrew Weissman's background. He was one of the prosecutors on the task force that brought a controversial obstruction of justice case. And that was against the accounting firm Arthur Anderson. And Weissman's actions eventually put that company out of business. Tens of thousands of people lost their jobs in that case. As a result, the Supreme Court overturned the obstruction case 9-0, which is a near impossibility in the Supreme Court. But by then, it was too little, too late. People were done. Their jobs lost. Their careers lost. Their homes foreclosed on. And God only knows what other damage was done to people. And Arthur Anderson wasn't the only victim of Andrew Weissman and his aggressive tactics. I mean, you've got a a business transaction with Enron and Merrill Lynch. Well, that put people into jail for almost a year. And then the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals overruled them again. And Weissman was also accused of intimidating witnesses, making up crimes that did not exist, and also withholding exculpatory evidence that would have helped defendants that he even highlighted for crying out loud. Weissman is tied to the Uranium One deal, just like we know that all these other people, including Mueller, knew, and all these other people knew, and they allowed that deal to go forward when they knew Putin had his agents in America bribing and blackmailing and money laundering was all going on, and that Putin wanted our uranium and he eventually gets it, and we don't even have enough uranium as a country. Do you understand? And then on top of it, now we've got Weissman, you know, telling Sally Yates, an Obama appointee who said no to President Trump on the travel ban issue, which we now know is constitutional. Oh, oh, I'm so proud of you. I am in awe of you. Oh, thank you so much. My deepest, my deepest respects. Now, let me tell you, so this witch hunt is costing us a fortune. And on top of it, we now know that this whole, whole system is corrupt. Then you got this woman, Jeannie Ray. Remember her name? Well, apparently she's another uh, Mueller appointee. And guess what? She was the personal attorney for Obama's deputy national security advisor, Ben Rhodes. And I haven't even mentioned surveillance, unmasking, leaking raw intelligence, and Samantha Power. Why would Samantha Power unmask a person a day? Whatever happened in this country to law and order and truth? 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Greg Jarrett, Sidney Powell, weigh in on this next. realize that there's nobody in the media that is following what is the biggest corruption, potentially the biggest corruption scandal in our lifetime? They're so obsessed and fixated with their destroy Trump mentality. All right. Greg Jarrett, Sidney Powell, who wrote the book License to Lie, Congressman Biggs, Congressman Gates, Congressman Gomart. Also, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. He got the Freedom of Information Act request on Andrew Weissman and more all coming up. 
uh, this was a leadership. I mean, we're getting the top-level uh, right. emails. So as, as Joe mentioned earlier, the leadership of the FBI was ruined by uh, James Comey and the, and the politics of trying to protect Hillary Clinton. The Justice Department and the FBI uh, became arms of the Clinton campaign last year. And frankly, it continued into the Trump administration, as we saw with the ambush interview of General Flynn. I, I think there was a significant crisis, not only at the FBI, but at the Justice Department. We had this other FBI agent involved in the Clinton email investigation, also involved in the Russia investigation, a key decision maker, decision maker in both investigations. Both investigations, in my view, have been irredeemably compromised. The Clinton investigation needs to be reopened, and the Mueller investigation yeah. needs to be shut down until we figure out how badly it's been politicized in the least. If Mueller was doing such a great job on investigating the Russian collusion, why could he have not found the conflict of interest uh, within their own agency? And so I'm calling on Attorney General Sessions to stand up and start leading, to be completely transparent in the documents, some of which you've heard my colleagues talk about today, is we need to understand what role did the dossier that was actually a campaign document play in the FISA uh, court request. And also, we must understand that special deals for special people is not the American way. It is time that we have one standard for everyone, and I uh, welcome the leadership of my colleague, the good gentleman from Florida, and the good gentleman from Ohio for their leadership on this issue. But I can tell you that time does not improve with this. The time for action is now, and there is a short fuse on, on demanding the kind of evidence and transparency that the American people deserve. All right, that was uh, the head of the Freedom Caucus, Mark Meadows, congressman from North Carolina, and him speaking out today, Tom Fitton, uh, who we will be checking in with later in the program today, the uh, president of Judicial Watch, joining us now to discuss, debate, and go over all of these conflicts of interest and so much more. Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, he thinks that, in fact, in the case of Andrew Weissman, he needs to go. Sidney Powell is a federal appellate attorney and former federal prosecutor, wrote, wrote the book License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Thank you both for being with us. Uh, not only do we have, in this case, Greg Jarrett, did we have the exposure that people that both Comey and Strzok uh, were exonerating Hillary before an investigation took place. Then we find Peter, uh, this guy Peter Strzok's girlfriend was involved and also hired by Mueller. And now all we're hearing about today is this other woman, Ms. Ray, and and her background and her experience and how close she was to Ben Rhodes and she being a part of the Mueller team as well. There's so many conflicts. I, and, of course, eight out of the 16 people he appointed donated to Democrats, no donations to Republicans. Where do we begin here? Well, I think it's pretty astonishing that an FBI official with a political agenda corrupted not one, but two investigations, the Comey investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails, and now the Robert Mueller special counsel investigation into Trump Russia. Uh, it's really quite astonishing, but this is the guy who was intimately involved in leading, in many ways, both investigations. We know by virtue of what the inspector general found that he had virulently anti-Trump uh, sentiments that he expressed in text to his lover 
uh, and he was an avid supporter of Hillary Clinton. That is a corruption of both investigations, and it's not just struck, but now we know Andrew Weissman and his fawning email uh, to Sally Yates, who... Uh, you know, violated, defied a direct order from the president of the United States. And Weissman thought that was just wonderful. Weissman must resign or be fired. Mueller must be dismissed. The entire Mueller staff needs to be fired. And a new special counsel appointed to reevaluate the evidence. Well, 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 wait a minute. Why the do only we need, guy who can do it is Sessions. Why do we need another year of America, the American people going through all of this when even we know now that they have found no Russia-Trump collusion. Why would we ever open up this investigation and put this country through this again and spend all of this money and then have another rogue special counsel, you know, going off into uh, off the deep end into areas that had nothing to do with the original mandate? Well, well it even needs the Department argument. of Justice to take it over if it, if it possibly can, if Sessions doesn't have conflicts that preclude that. But it's even worse, too, because Mueller not only knew of the conduct of this FBI agent, he hid it from Congress and the public for months. The man was fired from Mueller's squad several months ago, and we're just learning about it now because Mueller's also stonewalling Congress on the things they've asked him to produce to the point where they're trying to hold him in contempt now. I mean, how many more people can have a conflict in this investigation to begin with. And and I guess the fundamental basic question is, what was Mueller thinking here? You know, knowing Weissman's atrocious record, Greg, you're the first one that brought this to my attention, how, how bad his track record is, how many thousands, tens of thousands of jobs that were lost, how many times courts have overturned him. In the case of the Supreme Court, 9-0. In the case of the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, he lost on that. Innocent people went to jail. Tens of thousands lost their jobs. Why would you While ever- he actually hid the evidence that showed they were innocent. He made up crimes both in the Arthur Anderson case, destroying 85,000 jobs, and he made up a crime in the Merrill Lynch prosecution pursuant to which four innocent men served up to a year in prison while he hid the evidence that showed they were innocent that he had even yellow highlighted before the trial. Well, I mean, Greg, I mean, that sounds to me like he belongs in jail, just like Comey writing an exoneration beforehand and and Peter Strzok changing the words from the legal standard uh, to, uh, you know, a, a similar one. But it took out the specific language of gross negligence. Well, as Sydney has pointed out in a couple of excellent columns over the last several months, there was an extensive ethics complaint that was filed against Andrew Weissman, alleging everything from hiding evidence to threatening witnesses and all kinds of legal terrorism in which he engaged. Um, it was uh, amazingly uh, kicked over to the Department of Justice for review, but it was the Department of Justice under Obama that was defending Andrew Weissman. That's like uh, being your own judge and jury. Uh, And so nothing became of it. I would like to get my hands on that ethics complaint. Uh, Oh, I I have it, Greg. Greg, it's on my website under sources for my book, License to Lie, because Bill Hodes and I are the ones who filed that grievance. Well, I would love to read that, and that's the first thing I'm going to do when we finish this radio show. 
Can I ask, yes. what do you both think about Rosenstein today? Because of I've never understood Jeff Sessions' recusal. I don't understand what he's doing now. Uh, I think this country is in grave danger between surveillance, unmasking, leaking intelligence, the corruption now at the Justice Department, the corruption within Mueller's team, and I think we're in grave danger exonerating guilty people in the case of, of Comey and Strzok and others involved. And Rod Rosenstein, who who appointed this, friends with Mueller, friends with Comey. It's one big cabal over there saying he's satisfied with Mueller's work in the Russia probe. Your reaction to that? It it is a corrupt cabal. I've been calling it that since 2014 when my book came out, which has Weissman all the way through it. He's like the lead villain in the book, and it names other names, too. You know, Sessions' conflict isn't nearly as egregious as the conflict that Rosenstein, Weissman, Comey, and Mueller all have with each other. These guys are thick as thieves. They have been with each other. They've screwed up cases together. The anthrax case famously was mismanaged and bungled by Mueller and Comey, and taxpayers had to shell out $5.8 million to clean up that mess because they, yeah, they implicated the wrong, the wrong man. Pardon me? They charged the wrong defendant in the anthrax right. case. Right. Stephen right. Hatfield. So, so, so we start out with eight Democratic donors of the 16 on Mueller's team. No Republican donors. Then we get the bombshell about this guy struck being fired. Then we find out yesterday not only was he fired, he was text messaging with his girlfriend, and she too was part of Mueller's team, uh, what Lisa Page, and she was fired uh, only because they got caught. And then we find out everything about Andrew Weissman, who never should have been there, as both of you are pointing out. Now we keep hearing about Jeannie Ray, who joined Mueller's team in June, a partner in, in Mueller's firm, and... And then we find out that Ray was also the personal attorney, apparently up to like weeks before, of Obama's deputy national security advisor, Ben Rhodes, who, along with Susan Rice and Samantha Powers, was involved, we think, in the unmasking issue and that unmasking and then leaking <laughs> intelligence. I mean, I, mean, I, I didn't make this up. <laughs> you can't make. No, but the problem is, is this is the stuff of a banana republic, Sydney. This exactly. is not justice equal justice under the law here. No, it's not. And their exonerations of Hillary Clinton while they charge Mr. Papadopoulos and and Michael and and General Flynn with false statements is just another absolute outrage. I've got an article in the Daily Caller that just came out, just hit the press on this political prosecution. What's your, you know, I don't know what we do at this point. Greg, I know you say we ought to hit the reset button and start over, but my personal feeling is that if we're going to have a special counsel, it needs to be into Hillary Clinton's emails, and it needs exactly. to be into Uranium Hillary One. Hillary Clinton's emails and Uranium One, and how this whole Mueller task force came to be started in the first place. Because I feel strongly that given the relationship between Mueller and Comey and Rosenstein in particular, and the short time frame between Comey's firing and only seven days later, Mueller is general counsel. I mean, is special counsel. Yeah, I right, stay right there. We got to take a quick break. Sidney Powell, uh, who wrote the book License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Uh, Greg Jarrett has been doing incredible work for uh, the Fox News Channel, legal analyst. And we'll come back and we will continue. 
Uh, also, we have a lot of other news we're going to get to today, uh, including we'll be checking in with Congressman Biggs, Congressman Gates, Congressman Gohmert, Tom Fitton of uh, Judicial Watch joins us, and much more straight ahead. All right, as we continue with Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, Sidney Powell, uh, who wrote the book License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Uh, Greg, I, you, you have been on the set with me both nights this week. You've been on the set with me as I try to, I try to take the, what I believe is extraordinarily, on the one hand, complicated, and and disseminate truthful information and explain it to people, and it runs so deep. This is so spectacularly corrupt that it's it almost takes an entire twenty minutes to do it in a way that I think people are going to understand it because you've got so much of it. What's your reaction right. to all of it? It's very hard to explain such pervasive, long-standing corruption by all of these people at the FBI and uh, the Department of Justice. Uh, in a Mueller, Comey, Weissman, Rosenstein, uh, and now we're learning more and more about Jeannie Ray. I mean, for goodness sakes, was Mueller so arrogant that he thought he could pick a lawyer who defended Hillary Clinton in the 2005 racketeering case against the Clinton Foundation and donated uh, $5,400 to Hillary for America, not to mention all of her other Democratic donations. That is the arrogance of these And I people. think she helped with the email cover-up, too. And, and don't forget really? this. Comey, Comey followed Mueller as director of the FBI the two have been close friends since they stood down President Bush on a national surveillance issue years ago. Rosenstein's one of his first jobs when he got out of law school was working for Mueller in the Department of Justice for several years in the now ironically named public integrity section of the Department of Justice, which received a scathing rebuke by Hank Schulke after they corrupted the prosecution of Alaska Senator Ted Stevens. And then Rosenstein names Mueller as special counsel within seven days of Comey's firing. I think given that extremely brief time frame and Comey's admitted leaks to the New York Times of his conversation with the president, you can surmise that three or all four of these men communicated extensively and hatched this plan for Mueller to be special counsel, if not prior to Comey's termination, then immediately after it. I mean, why else would Comey tell Congress that he leaked his conversations to a friend to get it to the New York Times, hoping to trigger the appointment of a special counsel. I mean, despite the countless scandals of the Obama administration, there was never a special counsel appointed in eight years. And Comey admitted, admitted long ago in his Bush tenure that after his own chief of staff, his first call in a perceived crisis was to Bob Mueller. All right. I'm going to have to, unfortunately, let you both go. It's uh, unbelievable the times we're living in here. Quick last question, out question, exit question. Will people on the Mueller team and Comey and Clinton, are they going to face a day of reckoning? Short answer is both, Greg. I think it's unraveling for Robert Mueller. Um, there is momentum that is gaining against him that will inexorably demand that he be dismissed and replaced. Sydney. The lead line from my article, the fallacious facade of quasi-Attorney General Mueller's investigation is crumbling by the minute, revealing ugly truths and the stench of a political persecution at its worst. Yes. 
This is chilling, chilling times. And the worst part is the willing accomplices in the media. Thank you both. We'll have a lot more as we continue all of this. Of course, uh, Jerusalem now recognized by President Trump as the capital of Israel. Al Franken now, of course, 24 people now calling on him to resign and get out. He's done. Joining us now, Tom Fitton is uh, with us, and Tom is the uh, president of Judicial Watch. And we've got to send out major kudos kudos to these guys because they have uncovered more information regarding both the Loretta Lynch tarmac meeting and the relationship between Mueller's special lieutenant, this ever-corrupt Andrew Weissman, and his relationship and praise of Sally Yates, uh, who, of course, defied the president's orders as an Obama holdover. And I'm so in awe, so proud of you. Weissman is now caught uh, sending to Yates, which it shows just like in the case of this guy, Peter Strzok, that they have political agendas and it's anti-Trump and it's pro-Hillary. Well, how can these people possibly be involved in these investigations? It is so corrupt. Tom Fitton joins us right now. How are you, sir? Hi, Sean. Good to be with you again. Thank you. All right. I want you to explain in detail the the Freedom of Information Act request, if I'm not mistaken. I think you filed this back in May of this year. You finally got a hold of it. it. A couple of smoking guns come out of this. Among them, Andrew Weissman, who I have explained in great detail on this program, you know, was the guy in the Anderson Accounting Enron Merrill Lynch cases and how he is praising the woman that defied the president and an Obama holdover. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Attorney General, uh, acting Attorney General Sally Yates, the Obama holdover that Obama, uh, President Trump kept for two and a half weeks until she broke all the rules and refused to enforce his uh, his uh, temporary immigration ban from terrorist countries. Uh, we thought it'd be interesting to get her emails from the time she was acting Attorney General. I think two and a half weeks worth of emails. Of course, we didn't get them. We had to sue back in May. And uh, we just got them, and uh, they show uh, emails from various uh, Justice Department officials praising her. And what stood out among those emails was this email from Andrew Weissman, which you quoted earlier, uh, talking about how she was he was in awe of her. Well, you know, this guy, by the way, was head of the criminal fraud section of the Justice Department, probably still is technically while he's over there working for Mr. Mueller, and he is Mr. Mueller's top deputy. Un- I mean, Flynn, it is un- the prosecution, but, but this is a guy behind it. Listen, remember, he was accused of making up laws that don't exist. He was accused of of holding exculpatory evidence in the case of those poor Merrill guys that ended up going to jail for almost a year. And it turns out they did nothing. And the Supreme Court scorched him nine to zero, as did the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. But he's also now having we now have an email showing that he was praising a government official for breaking the rules and standing against President Trump's enforcement of the rule of law. So this guy doesn't want to follow the rules. He admits it in the email. He's this guy is abusively biased. President Trump. You cannot have political partisans. And this is my point from the beginning. And I had no idea how right I was. And that is, why is Mueller appointing people that only donate to Obama, Clinton and the DNC? 
you know, why did he pick somebody like Weissman with his atrocious record? And then we find out yeah, he picks Peter Strzok and Peter Strzok's girlfriend, and they have a, a pro-Hillary, anti-Trump bias. And then you've got this guy praising Sally Yates, and one has to ask how politicized the criminal justice system is if these are the people that Mueller has appointed and if they were not driven politically and ideologically from the get-go. Well, that's right. I mean, the deep state is running our government, and when Mueller comes in, any special counsel comes in, he takes these officials from the FBI, the top echelons of the FBI and the Justice Department, and they don't believe in what the president is trying to accomplish, and they have a right to believe that as uh, U.S. citizens, but they're not allowed to bring those views to their job. They're supposed to enforce the rule of law in a neutral way. And they've demonstrated through these emails that they're not willing to do that, praising lawlessness, attacking President Trump while he's running for office, while praising Hillary Clinton in the case of Peter Strzok, while he's supposed to be investigating her. This is strike two for Mr. Mueller, and I've long believed that he's out of control, his office is compromised, and it needs to be shut down. How this do we? Not an, how we, do we, we can't trust what this agent, what what this special counsel is going to do. Even if you're a leftist, you should want to shut it down. Because it's so compromised, you're not going to get a fair hearing or a fair result, even if you don't believe uh, that uh, uh, Mueller or the Russia collusion scandal is a unicorn, as we believe. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I'm going to tell you from my perspective. Well, let me first go on to the other news that you were able to pick up here. Um, and I did like your line that you felt that the FBI probe of Hillary's emails and Mueller's investigation of Trump is irredeemably compromised. One of the things that we've now learned this week is that Comey and Strzok and others, that they had exonerated Hillary in every way, every way imaginable before they even did the full investigation. And your group, Ju- Judicial Watch... Uh, sued the feds to release the documents pertaining to the former Attorney General Loretta Lynch's tarmac meeting with Bill Clinton just days before she made her decision as it relates to Hillary Clinton and exonerated her, which was highly and totally inappropriate, and how she lectured and Comey obeyed, I guess, you know, the order not to call it an investigation but to call it a matter. And, of course, then the drafting of this took away the legal language of gross negligence to extreme carelessness. But anyway, it took, what, six weeks after the Justice Department, after the ruling for the Justice Department, to turn over 29 pages. Well, I don't think they turned out to be particularly good for you. No, it's really outrageous. First of all, those pages, we caught them red-handed, red-handed fighting because the FBI told us initially they looked for records and couldn't find any. But we caught them because the Justice Department told us they had records with the FBI. So the FBI said, oh, whoops, look what we found. Mm-hmm. And the documents show what they were trying to hide. Uh, The emails show that they were more concerned about a whistleblower in the local Phoenix Police Department who told a reporter about the meeting and details about how it was coordinated. Uh, The Clinton-Lynch meeting needed to be coordinated. It was not just coincidental because of the security details involved. And they were more concerned about that leak than the meeting itself. No emails about the meeting itself, and they're talking about getting the leaker and stemming firmer damage from further disclosures. This is what your FBI was doing last year as it was faced with this crisis that even the attorney general, General Lynch, said at the time, cast a shadow over the investigation. They're concerned with going after the leaker. Well, we learned a lot this week. First, we learned about this guy, Peter Strzok. Then we learned about Peter Strzok's girlfriend, who was also working for Mueller. Uh, Then it was your revelation about Andrew Weissman. Now we're hearing today about, you know, Jeannie Ray, who was a a part of, uh, I guess, the law firm where— 
where Mueller worked, which, by the way, 99 percent of their donation dollars went to Democrats. But anyway, Ray was also the personal attorney for Obama's deputy national security advisor, Ben Rhodes. And her name was atop this bombshell report of George Papadopoulos striking a plea agreement with Mueller's special counsel. And she left the law firm uh, and, you know, to, to work on this Russia case, as a lot of other people did. They must have all been led to believe that their careers were going to giving up millions of dollars, that their careers were going to soar because they were going to, you know, double down and, and basically undo the, the election of 2016 by taking down the president. And it didn't matter that it was a team of partisan hacks doing it. Who was running the Justice Department? Rod Rosenstein nominally is supposed to be running the Mueller investigation. He's answerable to Mueller. We can complain all we want about Mueller, and we're right to complain. But in the end, well, at the end of the but, day, but, but it's Tom, Rod Rosenstein Ro- who's Rosenstein, responsible for shutting him down. Rosenstein said, I'm satisfied today with, with Mueller's work on the Russia probe. Well, the president should intervene and tell Mr. Rosenstein, as his boss, the American people aren't satisfied, and you need to assure that that operation is being run ethically. And if you can't, you need to shut it down and replace the personnel. We cannot leave the Justice Department to the bureaucrats. And Rod Rosenstein may be a nice man, uh, but he's one of the establishment, and he is not going to do the right thing unless pushed. Well, I, I mean, and it raises a question that I was discussing earlier today with my, my good friend and colleague, Greg Jarrett, and that is, you know, he says Mueller needs to go. Everybody needs to go. We need to start all over with another special counsel. And my argument is, well, for crying out loud, the most partisan people for a year, they couldn't find any th- evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Now we're going to spend an, another boatload of money and another year of our lives hearing over and over again from this corrupt fake news media uh, about Trump-Russia collusion when we've got no evidence, when you have the, the sure. biggest hit people on the job and they couldn't we find don't it. Do. We don't need a special counsel to prosecute mortgage fraud, and we might need a special counsel to investigate what the special counsel was doing in terms of abusing General Flynn. But beyond that, you're right. There's nothing to be investigated, and to the degree there are issues with people filing foreign agent registration forms late and such, uh, that's something a low-level prosecutor in the Justice Department can handle out no. of his back pocket. All right, got to take a break. All right, as we continue with Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton, of course, he has been the one that has filed all these Freedom of Information Act requests, and he discovered that Andrew Weissman is, in fact, just like this guy Peter Strzok, somebody that loves Clinton and is not a fan of Donald Trump's. One of the things that I really admire about you and your group, and the same with the ACLJ, I know Jay Sekulow's group does it, and the same with Mark Levin's group, Landmark Legal Foundation. I mean, all of you guys do phenomenal work. Um, You guys have focused a lot on, on getting documents that the government is constantly trying to hide through Freedom of Information Act requests. Uh, but I know for a fact that you guys have that they delay and they obfuscate and they obstruct and then you get back redacted, you know, emails and redacted information that are meaningless because they really don't want us to have, you know, a full and complete knowledge of who they are and what they're actually doing. Well, that's true. And, and what's most disconcerting, uh, it's still happening, especially with the Clinton email issue. You've got this Justice Department, this State Department still protecting and defending Hillary Clinton, stalling the release of emails, uh, redact- well, as you know, redacting everything. They don't want us to go forward in any aggressive way over the Clinton email matter. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's really disturbing to see that the administration of a president elected to drain the swamp, his appointees, 
uh, are continuing to protect uh, one of the chief examples of the swamp think, which is Hillary Clinton's approach to the rule of law, which was to undermine it. Doesn't this now mean, because the fix was in, that if we have equal justice under the law, if laws matter, doesn't it mean that they've got to start from scratch on one important issue? If Comey and Strzok and all these anti-Trump, pro-Hillary people were in charge of the investigation into the email server scandal, doesn't this now warrant? Because I know laws were broken. We know law. We, we know that classified, top secret, SAS, special access program information, the, the highest level of, of confidentiality. We know that she had it on this private server in a mom and pop shop bathroom. We know she destroyed such materials, also a crime. We know that she used acid wash and bleach bit and deleted the emails. We know they busted up these devices with hammers, which to me is clear obstruction of justice. You know, uh, I was asking Alan Dershowitz about this last night. You have to have intent. Well, if you use bleach bit and you 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 bust up devices and and you delete the emails, that tells me there's motive because those emails were subpoenaed. Look, we started off the segment talking about the FBI agent who was a Hillary fan and an anti-Trump hater. He was running the Clinton investigation. If that doesn't tell you it's been compromised, I, I, what other evidence do we need? It needs to be reopened. We need a, a – I don't know if we need a special counsel per se, but if we're going to have a special counsel, let's be sure it's under the control of elected or appointed officials subject to confirmation by the Senate. And the attorney general or his designee should appoint a special counsel, bring in a U.S. attorney, and start over again with the Clinton email scandal investigation. Obviously, they didn't do an investigation. You know, and, and that then raises questions about Comey. I mean, is that by definition, and I know you've got a team of lawyers over at Judicial Watch, if, if James Comey and others had no intention of doing their job from the get-go and the fix was in, isn't that in and of itself an obstruction of justice case? Well, you know, uh, maybe. What I think is interesting is that Comey illegally leaked information to the New York Times, it looks like. In order to get this special counsel appointed, this whole this I want whole thing. He, he he left with documents, some of which may have been classified. This this, this and whole then he thing. To, it just reeks of corruption. Inside, it just I I, I am flabbergasted. This is happening in the United States of America. You know, it's I don't know. Frankly, forget about the investigations being redeemable. I don't know if the FBI as an agency is redeemable after what its leadership over the last several years has done to it. I know there are a lot of agents there who are great, but the leadership is off the rails, out of control, and oblivious to the damage done to the institution. And I don't know if the institution can be reformed and restored. I really don't. All right. Well, I I really applaud the work you're doing. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Tom Fitton is the... uh uh, president of Judicial Watch. Thank you, Tom, for being with us. All right, we got our news roundup information overload coming. Uh, when we come back, Congressman Biggs of Arizona, Gates of Florida, Louis Gomer of Texas, uh, Ainsley Earhart stops by, and uh, we'll talk to her about all this breaking news and much more. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program, we are in the sewer, the swamp that is our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and we'll continue. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. I had uh, not sent uh, classified.
classified material nor received anything uh, marked classified. Secretary Clinton said she never sent or received any classified information over her private email. Was that true? Our investigation found that there was classified information sent. So it was not true. That I am confident that I never sent nor received any information that was classified at the time it was sent and received. Secretary Clinton said there was nothing marked classified on her emails either sent or received. Was that true? That's not true. There were a small number of portion markings on, I think, three of the documents. I never sent um, classified uh, material on my email, and I never received any uh, that was marked classified. Secretary Clinton said, I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. Was that true? There was classified material emailed. People across the government knew that I used one device. Maybe it was uh, because I am not the most technically capable person and uh, wanted to make it as easy as possible. Secretary Clinton said she used just one device. Was that true? She used multiple devices during the four years uh, of her term as Secretary of State. But we turned over everything that was work-related, every single thing. Personal stuff, we did not. I had no obligation to do so and did not. Secretary Clinton said all work-related emails were returned to the State Department. Was that true? No, we found work-related emails, thousands, that were not returned. All I can tell you is that when my attorneys conducted this exhaustive process, I did not participate. Secretary Clinton said her lawyers read every one of the emails and were overly inclusive. Did her lawyers read the email content individually? No. All right. That, of course, now the infamous Trey Gowdy. Well, I never, I never, I never. And in fact, she did. She did. She did. So we actually have a some some serious movement today because earlier today in D.C., you have Congressman Matt Gates and Congressman Jim Jordan and our friend Louie Gohmert and a bunch of other Freedom Caucus guys uh, holding a press conference this morning demanding answers to questions that they have raised about the FBI's special treatment of former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton uh, and President Trump during the 2016 election cycle. Now, a lot of this goes back to not only the special treatment, but, oh, we'll call it a matter, and we won't call it an investigation. This goes back to the tarmac meeting. This goes back to the developments about Strzok and Comey literally writing an exoneration before an investigation. All right, joining us now to discuss, we have uh, Congressman uh, Biggs of Arizona, Congressman Gates of Florida, and Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas. Gentlemen, welcome all of you to the uh, program here. Uh, Congressman Gates, we'll start with you because you've been pushing this uh, as hard as anybody with all of your friends. Tell us what's going on. Well, the conservatives in Congress are sick and tired of this double standard that we continue to see play out. And there are two storylines, Sean, that the facts continue to support. The first is that there is a pro-Hillary Clinton bias at the FBI. They gave her a special investigation, a small team to look at the crimes that she committed. And then at the same time, you've got an anti-Trump bias. I mean, for goodness sakes, we got more people investigating Donald Trump that investigated the Oklahoma City bombing, and the very people that paved the way to exonerate Hillary Clinton somehow migrated over and became part of the Mueller probe. And what we've learned about Peter Strzok is that he had an agenda. He's the one who negotiated immunity deals with Hillary Clinton's inner circle, and now he's the guy going after people who are part of 
the Trump transition team and the yeah. Trump administration. This is not a fair administration this, of justice, and we demand changes at the FBI. This is what I have been saying now for a long time. If we have a dual justice system, one, one system for the Clintons and one for the rest of the country, then we might as well take our Constitution and put it through a paper shredder because it's meaningless. Congressman Gomer, what, what we now know with Strzok and especially with Comey is that they never had an honest and true investigation. You can't write an exoneration of Hillary Clinton and then having struck personally take out the legal terminology that was originally in there of gross negligence, exonerate her and having not even interviewed the main principals, including Hillary herself at the time. And as I played on TV last night, we know that Hillary lied when she said she didn't send or receive classified information. That was not true. There's a lot of things here that are not true. You had Al Dershowitz on last night, and I really appreciate him saying we shouldn't be using the justice system to go after political adversaries. But as you made the point last night, this isn't about political adversaries. This is about absolute obstruction of justice, not grossly negligent, knowingly, willingly, intentionally destroying things she knew and lied about even existing, destroying them after they were subpoenaed. You know, it, it is outrageous. Now, we've known since uh, maybe a year and a half about uh, Hillary Clinton and the dishonesty. We've known for years about the dishonesty over Benghazi. But I've been saying since January how Mueller was not going to be fair. That was before we knew that Mueller was FBI director and uh, such a part of the investigation into Russia that he was knowingly involved when Russia was being investigated over their efforts to illegally corner the market and get our uranium. And then he sat by quietly as Rosenstein. We didn't know back January, but he is the one, of course, at Point Mueller. But he's the one who had his name on the motion to seal documents that included information about the Russia investigation, about uranium, and that was sealed by a judge. This stinks from high heaven. It is such injustice. And I'm telling you, as somebody that just did everything I could humanly possible to be fair and objective as a judge, this just broke my heart to see this happening in America. We have to have a clean start. Let's get somebody without all the baggage. Of course, Mueller was going to hire people that hated Trump. That's what he does. It's not a Republican thing. It's a Democrat thing. It's a matter of, of going well, after your enemies, and he's good at it. Let me ask Congressman Biggs, because when you look at the Mueller team that he appointed, all right, first you've got eight Democratic donors, over 50 grand, Clinton, Obama, DNC money that they sent in, zero Republican donors. Then you look at, for example, not only was Strzok uh, put on this team, and he was involved in this exoneration before investigation, along with Comey. He's in there. His uh, girlfriend, uh, Paige, is in there. Uh, then you've got Andrew Weissman, and we have talked at length about his positions. And we learned, of course, he's praising Sally Yates, who defied the president's order as an Obama holdover, as uh, as many others did. And, and Weissman, of course, has a track record that is atrocious. His tactics have been unethical. He's overturned by the Supreme Court 9-0, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. He gets uh, overruled again. And innocent people went to jail. Tens of thousands of people lost their jobs. Now, I, I am just trying to understand here. How is it possible that such vicious partisans 
on top of Strzok praising Hillary and hating Trump, how did they all get chosen by Robert Mueller? Well, you don't you don't choose all those people unless you have a preordained agenda. That's what's happened here is is uh, Comey, uh, Rosenstein, Mueller. They all orchestrated this thing so that Mueller could get the the gig as special counsel. And then he's come in, and he has, with his agenda, put together this team with a, with a specific goal of finding anything and everything they can to try to delegitimize this administration, this presidency. But I'll just tell you this, in my opinion, this is a hallmark of the Obama administration, whether it's, it's uh, the IRS uh, targeting for political purposes or this one here, and it reflects the very nature of the nascent idea of totalitarianism, which we are seeing through this investigation. And my colleagues have called it a, a, a preliminary coup, and it, and it is that way. And when you're trying to do everything you can to delegitimize the president of the United States, and you're using this kind of, of, of personnel, you have a massive problem on your hand. And this is why um, all of us have come together, uh, Louis and Matt and Jim and some of us others. We are calling out not just Congress to get involved, but we need, we need Jeff Sessions. We need the attorney general to take a stand, take a real tough stand. Why does he have these same people that are the link to the botched Hillary investigation or so-called investigation? Why are they still on his staff in the Department of Justice? And in the FBI, there is no reason for that. And it's clouding justice in America and brings us down uh, to a very low level to the American people and to the world. It's pretty unbelievable, I, Congre- Congressman John, Gates. When, when John, you begin- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to set the record strike on Strzok. He was struck from this special counsel task force because he, was, he had a bias. Mueller knew all about his bias. He wanted his bias. He hired him for that bias. But he was struck because his bias became well-known and was getting out there. That's when he had to let him go. He knew he had the bias. That's why he hired him. He was well, struck. He all, but he also That's knew about what? Weissman's atrocious record. Of course And unsavory tactics. I mean, of innocent course. people went to jail. Tens of thousands of people lost their jobs, and he was wrong. And he was, and he, that was a 9-0 decision against Weissman. You know, anybody with that record does not belong on any special counsel. But it's not only him. Then it's Strzok, and then it's Strzok's girlfriend. And then you, you take it from there, and, and then you've got all the Democratic donors. You have no Republican donors. This is not a banana republic, Congressman Gates. But, Sean, he... He uh, hired Weissman knowing about what he did before, showing you that he didn't care about doing the right thing and having justice that wasn't struck down 9-0 by the Supreme Court. He wanted somebody that was going to screw over their enemies, and he knew Weissman knew how to do that, even though it was later struck down. He didn't care about it being struck down. He wanted Trump out of office, and he hired the people. All right, we got we got so much more to get to. How many special counsels would we ever need to get into all of these varying scandals, all of this corruption, all of the fix being in? And we haven't even talked about surveillance, unmasking, uh, of course, leaking raw intelligence. And, of course, now we have to redo the Hillary investigation if there's equal justice under the law. We'll continue with Congressman Biggs of Arizona, Congressman Gates of Florida, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas. We are in the swamp, the sewer known as Washington, D.C., All right, as we continue, we're in D.C. today, and we're joined by Congressman 
uh, Biggs of Arizona, Congressman Gates of Florida, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas, and, of course, these new revelations, now yet another big Hillary supporter, Trump hater. That was a part of Mueller's team as this scandal now grows bigger by the second. How do we, uh, Congressman Gates, get out of this mess? What, what is the only way to fix this? And if I'm, if I'm Paul Manafort's attorney, if I'm, you know, if I made this deal after, by the way, nobody, everyone forgets that there was surveillance, unmasking, and, of course, the leaking of raw intelligence in the case of General Flynn, which to me means it was a, a perjury trap he walked into uh, if he misremembered anything. You know, how do, where do we start to clean up this mess? Well, we need to start by having the FBI change the procedures so that you don't get another situation where someone like Jim Comey just goes rogue and predetermines that Hillary Clinton is going to be innocent before actually conducting the Let me interrupt you. Did he obstruct justice by writing that exoneration before the investigation? Uh, in my opinion, he failed justice. We'll have to get more information as to his affirmative steps to obstruct well, justice. Wait, wait, wait. If he puts the fix in... Isn't yeah. that an obstruction of real justice? I, I would always defer to Judge Gomert on such legal questions. But, yeah, Sean, I think you make a compelling case. And tomorrow we'll learn a lot more. Tomorrow, Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, a Trump appointee, is going to be before the House Judiciary Committee. We want to hear him say that he is conducting an investigation and he is putting in transparency and redundancies and checks and balances so that in the future you don't just give the FBI director the power to go and obstruct justice or deprive the American people of justice or depart from standard procedures. So uh, one of two things will happen. Christopher Ray will say, we get it. There's a problem and we're making changes. Or he'll do what Jeff Sessions did and just simply say that they're not going to answer the Congress's questions before the American people. I hope we get a far better outcome with Christopher Ray from Jeff Sessions, because frankly, from my opinion, Jeff Sessions is not doing his job because he is not exercising his political legitimate authority to clean house and drain the swamp of these folks at the deep state who will do everything they can to undermine the president of the United States. I mean, we've got literally, Hillary, the email server scandal. We've got potential obstruction there. Um, we've got uh, we've got the obstruction, I think, of Comey and Strzok and all these other people. We've got the dossier issue. We've got the Uranium One issue. I mean, I, I honestly could see the appointment if we care about the rule of law, the Constitution, equal justice under the law. I could literally see 10 special counsels now being appointed. And then, of course, we have to untangle the mess of because of the injustices and the prejudice and the pre-determined uh, outcomes of this special counsel, it is beyond the pale for anybody that believes in the Constitution. All right, but guys, I guess we're going to have to let you go. We're just out of time. I know you guys have to go on a vote. Congressman uh, Biggs, thank you. Congressman Gates, thank you. Congressman Gohmert, this is a, a fascinating time. I have so much to talk about. It too. is. It is. Hey, you've just been great. On, of course, always on the, the radio show, but the television has been so compelling. You've been superb. Thanks so much, Sean. You've just all right, been thank terrific. Thank you all. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Coming to you from our nation's capital, Sin City, the, the swamp, the sewer, Washington, D.C. A lot of news breaking today. The president declaring that, in fact, Jerusalem will be the capital of Israel. And, of course, a day of rage now is being planned by some, as we were telling you earlier. Then, of course, we have what is now the complete 
utter beginning of the implosion of special counsel Mueller and his team of Hillary Clinton supporters and Trump haters. This is now literally developing moment by moment. Uh, Al Franken, of course, now another woman coming forward. He's done in the United States Senate. And uh, joining us now, who follows this news as closely as we do, three hours every morning, the number one morning show on cable, uh, Ainsley uh, Earhart, the host of uh, Fox and Friends, her number one bestseller children's book, it's number two in a series, is called Through Your Eyes, My Child's Gift to Me. Uh, Ainsley, great to see you. Uh, How are you doing? Hey, Sean. You have been so nice to me. Thank you so much for helping me promote the book and well, by the way, I got to tell. I got to tell. I think at, a, what a, at about an hour and twenty minutes, you're doing what they call a Facebook Live. Are you doing it at six Eastern or seven Eastern? Yes, yes, yes. No, I'm doing it at seven Eastern. I've never done this before, so I'm excited about it. So they're bringing on my apartment, and I'm going to sit there and just sign books. And anyone who didn't make it to uh, one of my signs, you know, I went around the country on the book tour, and I would go to Barnes Noble's and um, Books a Million and different bookstores, local bookstores, and some of the small ones, because I want to support the small businesses. And I would do these live er, signings. And so you could come and wait in line, and it would take hours. So people who are willing to wait in line for hours, you've done this, Sean, so nice. And I just kept saying, I'm so sorry, but thank y'all for waiting. I couldn't believe people would do this for me. So this is an opportunity for people who can't get out or couldn't make it to some of those signings to get a signed copy of the book. So the good part for is, Christmas, I, so, for, yeah, like, time. for example, if you have kids or grandkids and, and you want to get the book and, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and then and people actually see you personalize it to them and you get it out there and you have it in time for Christmas. Right. That's actually right. I, we, I wish I did have that opportunity. You know, I, I wrote my last book in 2010. I did three of them and I hate writing and I hate editing. I do like going out and mm-hmm. meeting people, though. That's the fun part of it. And I know that is. And, uh, you know, I I actually, um, you know, here we got all this news today and I'm thinking, you know, my kids are a little bit older than Mm -hmm. your little girl. How old is she? She's like two, two and a half. She's two. Yeah. All right. So you got a little baby girl and you write this book through your eyes, my child's gift to me. And Mm -hmm. then the illustrations are phenomenal. I'm looking at this book and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? You know, kids love when it rains. Kids love when it's snowing. It's snowing in my life, and I'm thinking, oh, God, i got to trudge through this snow. It's going to take me an extra hour to go to work. You know, I sound like mm-hmm. a cranky old man when, I, when, I, mm-hmm. when these things happen. And then it's like, okay, you know what? Rain is a pretty amazing thing. And I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I'd put my tongue out and try and get a drink from it. And I remember when it snowed, I was the giddiest kid in the block, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that I was probably off of school the next day or, or got out a half a day at school. And, all, you know, or the kids seeing the colors on, on trees. And I realized, man, my life is way too busy because we ought to be stopping, slowing down, you know, our go, go, go lives and appreciating and seeing the world as innocently as they do. They're so much smarter than we are. I know. Well, you know, amazing children and I've met them before. And every single day of their lives, you see them grow, you see them change. They don't care. They don't notice that. It's all about them when they're growing up. But you as a parent get the honor and the glory and the gift from God, I believe, to see them grow up, to see a human being that you created grow up and experience this world for the first time. And so that's what the joy that I get watching Hayden grow up. I focused on my career for so long, and I wasn't in a place where I wanted to have a baby yet for a myriad of reasons. And then when I was ready, 
it took me a long time to get pregnant, and then we had a miscarriage, and then we finally had this beautiful baby. So every single second that I get to be with her, I just really appreciate it, and I love her. I, and so, I actually saw her, uh, your dad, who I've met, who's a wonderful human being, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I actually saw <laughs> you, you dragged your poor father on television, and I had him radio. once on my show. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I mean, he's such a great guy. I mean... You know, you know what I was thinking. You know, here's the funny thing. I and I and I made this mistake as a parent. Christmas is coming up, right? And you're going right. to give your young kids. There's going to be oh, open this present and no, oh, open this present. And then whatever gift, I don't care if it's a train or or a truck or clothes or whatever you get your kids, whatever toy. Then all of a sudden, you see all they want to play with is the box and the bubble wrap, <laughs> and they don't care about the stupid toy. I know. We gave Hayden a present one time, and she pulled out the tissue paper. She didn't care what was in the bag. Do you know she kept ripping the tissue paper apart and giggling? She thought that was the greatest thing in the world. So then my husband kept pulling the tissue paper apart in front of her, and she loved it. She would laugh even harder every single time we did it. So then we started doing that as a joke and as a just to make her laugh. And she didn't care about the present. She wanted the tissue paper. Um, I mean, but it does give you perspective because it does. You know, what, what, the what, big what, gifts what, are not important. It's not about the money that you spend well, on the well, gifts. It's well, slow down. I mean, if somebody's thinking of getting me a big gift, no, I'm only kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I know our priorities change when you take on adult responsibilities. Right. But but there is a real truth here that I think we all can learn from. And, and I just know that right now at this time of my life in this busy news cycle, I'm mm-hmm. racing 24-7, 365 and barely taking time to breathe. I just right, I right. think it's a great reminder. And uh, right. and hopefully I know you're going to have that in uh, Facebook Live. At, uh, how, do, how does somebody watch a Facebook Live thing? I don't even know. So the way you do it is you log on to Ainsley, A-I-N-S-L-E-Y live.com and I will be broadcasting live from my apartment and I will be signing the books and you just purchase them on that website. A portion of the proceeds will go to Folds of Honor, which sends kids with fallen soldiers or severely injured soldiers to college. And then I will sign the book live in front of you. I'm going to be taking questions. So I'll have my publicist will be so here. So people can communicate with you on this thing. What do they talk to you or exactly? Yeah, you can put in write in a question, and then you can also write in your phone number. I'm going to be calling people and talking to them live on the air. So um, if you if you weren't able to come to a signing, or if I didn't come to your city, and you want to give this as a baby shower gift, or if you want to give it as a Christmas present, or you know if you are a grandmother and you're. You your know, son or your daughter's um, pregnant, I'd love to sign a book for them. I think that's really awesome. And I know you give, I, you just gave uh, Folds of Honor because of the book sales, $50,000. And You are so generous, Sean. And honestly, I'm, I'm not joking around about that. You, know, you give to so many charities. God blesses those who bless his children. I believe you, that. Yeah, you've blessed so many people and you, you can't take it with you and you just give back. And I think that's wonderful. I'm still a dishwasher, Ainsley. I was a dishwasher at 12. I know you still have that mentality, and don't ever lose it. And if you do, do I have permission to slap you across the face? Oh, my (laughs) gosh. My colleague wants to hit me. This is ridiculous. Like Linda, my producer. I don't think you will because you haven't in all these years since I've known you. But if you ever lose that, I'm telling you, Sean, you need to get back to who you are. You need to be the dishwasher because you've never forgotten from where you came, and you've never forgotten well, the little people because we're all the same. We all but, put our pants on the same You know, I way. actually said this today. I was giving a speech in Washington. I'm in, I'm in the sewer today in Washington, D.C., and I gave a speech earlier today, and there, there were wonderful people in the room, many who this audience knows, and I, I can't even list them. There's so many, and they're being awarded and 
And I've said I'm accepting this award on behalf of all my fellow irredeemable, deplorable friends that cling <laughs> to their God, guns, Bible, and religion. Uh, because yeah, what's wrong we're, with that? We're, yeah, we're all we're all really spokes in a wheel. And I said everyone is playing a part here. I'm just I'm mm-hmm. one spoke, and everybody in that room is one spoke. And I'm going to tell you something. Right. You know, you watch what's happening in this country, and especially with the special prosecutor and these this corrupt political witch hunt that has been going on. I'm, I'm these are my words, not yours. And I got to be honest, these are unbelievable times. What the president did today with with Jerusalem is historic beyond measure and it's being overtaken by news of freaking al franken who i could never stand mm-hmm. anyways nuts mm-hmm. how do you deal with all no, the news in your life how do you balance you that i'm curious to find out what you thought about what the pope said i thought the pope would support this considering he's catholic obviously and this is israel we have to be pro-israel this is where jesus christ the man that he worships was was you know was born in Bethlehem? I'm, I'm more of a Christian. I, I listen. I was an altar boy growing up, and and after mm-hmm. the scandal of the Catholic Church, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I don't want to get into it, but I just for me, I believe everything in terms of the beauty of the Mass and the Eucharist and right. and all of that. But I really have a very tough time with how evil and corrupt at the highest levels it became. And it's kind of like what's happening with Robert Mueller right now. Right. But, you know, I've been to Israel now. Uh, a couple of times, and I walked through the Stations of the Cross, uh, which mm-hmm. is there. There are four sectors within Old Jerusalem, the Armenian mm-hmm. sector, uh, the Israeli sector, the Jewish sector, the Christian sector, and the the Islamic sector. And it's amazing. It's the convergence of all the world's religions um, right. right in that one place. And, and, and of course, the, the wall that uh, King Solomon's wall and King David. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's inspiring to be there. Well, I'll tell you, too, what this president did today, he he's doing what all the presidents, the last four presidents in the past, have promised to do and they haven't done. So he has made promises to the American people when he ran, and he's actually following through with that. So I appreciate him for that, because that's why people went to the polls to vote for him. He was pro-Israel, and he's doing what he said he was going to do, and doing what other past presidents said they were going to do and didn't do. Yeah. So I applaud him for that. I will say this, and I've, I've been friends with the Prime Minister of Israel for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he actually blurred my first book back in 2002, I believe I put uh, it came out, uh, Let Freedom Ring. And mm-hmm. I will tell you, from too many years, this prime minister has been the sole voice of moral clarity on the world stage, especially as it comes to radical Islamic terrorism. Mm-hmm. The last eight years, I've been embarrassed by a president that has been hostile towards our, our one of our closest allies, mm-hmm. if not the closest ally, and his mistreatment of them and the apology tour and everything else. i got to ask you one important question, though. So you work with two guys that I know and I know really well, and uh, I saw you guys at the in Washington recently. I mean, I've got to admit, I mean, it's got to be really hard to work with Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. I mean, they're horrible people, right? <laughs> okay, I know you want me to play along with that, but I have to say, I got the job almost two years ago. Yeah. So I am pretty grateful that they welcomed me onto the show because they didn't have to do that. They have been... But you don't really mean that. Just, you really you really don't no, get along, no, right? No, I do mean that. So today, I walked out of Fox today, and um, I was leaving the studio, and I ran into some people that watch Fox, and they want to take pictures, and they talked to me for a little bit, and they said, do y'all really get along? And I said, honestly, we really do. So Steve is... They have different personalities, but 
I think we really work well together, and I'm so grateful to be there, and I appreciate well, them welcoming me onto the show. I, I mean, I the, think we're all I, equal. I'm not saying that, but I, they've been so nice to me. They've been on the show for 20 years, Sean. All right. I'm obviously kidding. I like both of them a lot. Yeah, and no, and I'm, I'm friends with, with both of them a lot. But it would have been a much better story if you said they were horrible. But I wish you the best. I know the book was number one on the New York Thank Times you. list. And, and this is the second Thank in a series. And, you know, it's actually nice just, to take a break really from a the intensity about, of the day. Like, know, it's just a book about, like, when your babies are born, you write down this list of everything you're not going to miss and all these things that you want to do with them. And then you hold that baby and you throw that list out the window. I mean, you just, you're learning so much from them and you're appreciating every day. So this is a book that you can read with your children to let them know how much you appreciate them. And I will tell you, the illustrator of this book, Oh, God. Unbelievable. I, I agree with you. He did an amazing job. He really yeah. did. He did amazing. They're you know, I do have one regret in my life. I mean, I've had to work so hard that I I felt that I I missed way too much by hours or such that I missed too much of of their younger mm-hmm. years. And yeah. I know, I, by the way, every father has to work. That's my job. i got to provide for my family. But if I had it to do right. over again, that would be one thing I would find more time for. Um, but I'm very blessed with two great kids, and I know you're blessed with your little girl. So, mm-hmm. uh, listen, congratulations. Well, Sean, if it makes you feel any better, on your book, on the book tour, I've heard from all these grandparents who say it. It's even better than being a parent, which I can't understand, because I can't imagine something better than being a parent. But... Well, they say it that because they give better. them back so, at the end of the day. They don't have to deal with it 24-7. That's why. They all say that, but also because they, they all have the same story that you do. They worked so hard. Yeah. They were stressed. They were trying to pay bills, trying to put them in college and save money that they couldn't appreciate every day because you're working constantly to try to take care of your family. Right. So, so when it's, you retire uh, and you have grandkids, you'll be able to do all that. All right, so one hour from right now, Facebook Live, uh, Ainsley Earhart, Through Your yeah. Eyes, my do- my child's gift to me. Right. And uh, I know you've got a, a website where you're selling autographed copies, too. I yeah, guess you know what? If, yeah. you, if you can't make it live tonight, go to ainsleybook.com, and you can buy signed books there, too. All right. Okay. Thank you. Love you, All right. too. All right. Congratulations. One hour now, Facebook Live, Ainsley. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're in our nation's capital. That's going to wrap things up for today. We are loaded up. Who is on top of Peter Strzok and Peter Strzok's girlfriend and, of course, Andrew Weissman? Who is this woman, Jeannie Ray? Yeah, we've got another Trump hater, another Clinton lover, all part of Mueller's corrupt team. It's unbelievable what's unfolding before our eyes. We've got the coverage you won't get elsewhere. Greg Jarrett, Monica Crowley, Sheriff Clark, Mark Meadows, Congressman Matt Gates, Pam Bondi, and so much more. That's tonight. Set your DVR. 9 Eastern. Hannity. Fox. We'll see you then and back here tomorrow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.